Hey, hey, folks, it's Mark Atobri here, presenting a very new podcast show, one that I actually don't have a name for right now, so if you've got any good names, hit me up. It's info at enterprisefitness.com.au, side note. But back to it, this is a different podcast show. This podcast show is all about you, and what I mean by that is this is the show that you get to speak to me, and I record the episode and impart wisdom onto you, you impart wisdom onto me, and we share it with the world. So whatever the topic as it relates to health, fitness, nutrition, and mindset, I want to speak to you. I want to help you with your goals. I want to go basically belly to belly, eyeball to eyeball, confront the challenges that you're facing right now, get in contact with me, Mark Otobri on Facebook. Make sure it's the, the fan page and not the personal page. And um, or email me at info at enterprisefitness.com.au. Love to get on the line. But what we've got here today is a, is the first episode, which is with Richard. And the name of this episode is How to Overcome the Odds. And the reason why I named it as such is Richard is a guy, he, he trains at Enterprise with us. And he, he's got some challenges that he's facing in his acting career. And he asked me some really fantastic questions. And I know that he benefited from the, the conversation. I know I benefited from the conversation. So this is what it's about, folks. Get to see the way I consult with people, the, the work that I do. I do have many talents in different things, whether it be you know working with people's mindsets on eating issues and disorders and things like that, or whether it be you know the stuff that Richard and I speak about, or whether it even be the hardcore kind of training, what to do, the nutrition and the how-to. So Love to speak to you. Hope you enjoy this one. I'll see you on the other side of this podcast. And if you do enjoy it, please share it with your friends. And uh, this podcast is proudly brought to you by my personal training studio, Enterprise Fitness. Hello, Richard. Hey, how you going, Mark? I'm very well, thank you. All righty. Well, we've got the recording going. And um, I was just speaking to Richard just off the line just briefly before about how we're, we're, this show is all about people calling in, having a conversation with me, asking me their questions, what they've got around health, fitness, nutrition, wellness, mindset, whatever you need, basically, to help you on your way to further success. So, Richard, yeah, lay it on me. What would you like to discuss today? Um, yeah, pretty much I've got a bunch of questions in front of me, um, and a lot of them revolve around mindset and mentality. Awesome. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I, it's something that I'm, I'm very attracted to. I love listening to, you know, how to grow as an individual and how to be your best self and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, I, just to start away, I remember um, watching a YouTube clip you were in and um, you were discussing how you used to work at um, Doldy's at Gym before you started up your own business. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just wondering... Through that transition in starting up your own brand, how mentally challenging was that? And what advice could you pass on to myself in regards to the best ways to build up your own profile? Because currently I'm an actor and um, building up a profile is very significant in regards to getting work. And um, I just want to know the ways you went about it. That's a, that's a great question, uh, really great, and, and thank you for asking it because it makes me really think and uh, reflect on on that. So, you know, to be honest, just had so much fun, so much fun doing what I'm doing that I kind of forget that I'm, I'm supposed to be building some you know, awesome brand or, or, or doing that. It's really just, I suppose, living, living in the moment and when I was at Doherty's, well, a lot of people don't know, when I was setting up Enterprise, I was actually training twice a day as well. And training is very high in my values. And it was, it was just a very intense time for me. I remember getting up at 5 a.m., coming home at, you know, 9, 10, 10.30 sometimes um, because I'd, I'd train very early. I'd train clients. Then I'd have a break. I'd head down to where the location is in Richmond start setting up things in Richmond and, and doing some work in the gym, whether it was like handiwork or anything like that, getting contractors in to do stuff, supervising, you know, walls getting put up, painting, all that kind of stuff. And then I'll head back to the gym at night at Doherty's and I'll train. It's usually about four. And then I'll train my clients right through to about nine o'clock. And then, you know, I'll go home. Fortunately, obviously, I, I just also didn't have any uh, children uh, back then because it was a very intense time, and I imagine with children it would be, it'd be much harder. So 
you know, I did have my wife who we weren't married at the time, but it was just kind of a total emergent time where I was really dedicated to doing it. But I, I didn't, I didn't really think like, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? You know, where is this brand going to take me? And I don't even think I was really focusing on necessarily building a brand. I think that what I was really focused on is just doing my best work. And I think that's probably where the magic is in finding your enjoyment of what, what do you do? What do you enjoy? And I think there's something to be said for if, you know, if you find, find what you love, then you'll never work a day in your life. And for me, certainly when I was, you know, opening up that period, it, it really didn't feel like work to me. It, it was just so enthralled in the process and every day was exciting. So I don't know if that helps or you have a follow up question on that. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely that, that helps a lot. Um, which um, puts me on to my next question. Um, how important is it to be yourself and, and have your own style in your industry and not just go down the path of trying to copy other successful individuals' blueprints? Because um, there's like a trending thing going on in the acting industry where everyone idolises like their the A-grade actors in Leonardo and Tom Hardy, and they sort of forgot to bring their own flavour. Um, so I was wondering, from your perspective in your industry, how important was it to be your own self and build your own style brand? Well, if I understand the question, it's, it's how important is it to be yourself. I think there's probably a deeper question there, but let's go with the first one. The first one is, is how I think... What is it? Imitation is is ignorance and envy. No, sorry. Envy is suicide and imitation is ignorance. I think that was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said that so eloquently. So I think if you do try and be someone else, you are ultimately killing yourself. And to think that someone else has a better deal than you is very ignorant. So how important? I think it's it's hugely important to be yourself, regardless of whatever industry that you're in. Because ultimately, if you water down yourself, and that's the thing, right? When you are yourself, it's a little bit scary and it's a little bit uncomfortable for a lot of people because when you are 100% yourself, people can then turn around and say, I don't like it or I don't like you. And if you don't develop a thick skin around that, you take it personally. And the reality is the reason they don't like you is because they're not, they're not, they don't get it. You know, it's like if I say, uh, I'm a vegan. There are going to be people who love that and there are going to be people who hate that. Um, obviously, I'm not a vegan, but my, my, I suppose my more to the point is I'm not a vegan. So by saying and having a stance on that, you know, I, I want to encourage for you know, muscle building purposes and getting lean and body composition reasons um, to eat a protein, animal protein, obviously organic. I am against factory farming and, you know, making sure it's bio, uh, a, a sustainable farm biodynamic farming i think you know we all really need to get behind as consumers in australia and you know the the big supermarkets are pulling the wool over our eyes and we really need to stop shopping at them and shop locally but without going on too much of a tangent when when i say things like that i i've just off put a whole bunch of people because now what what do you mean what do you mean don't shop at coles don't you know it's around the corner from my house yeah, because I want to create, I'm all for sustainable farming, local farming. Let's put the dollar back in the farmer's hand. So I've just offset a whole bunch of people, but that is, that's me. That's, that's, that is what I, what I believe. And I think if you're going to have a stance on something, you need to have a fucking stance. Because if you don't, that's where people don't take notice. When you can back up the stance and you back it up with, with reason, authority and evidence, you, you become an expert in a lot of people's eyes. And obviously when you get experience and you get results in that. But if you just try and be carbon copies of everyone else, you know, ultimately people are going to lose interest, I think. And ultimately people are going to say, you know, in the example you gave with Leonardo DiCaprio, if you're trying to be Leonardo as as amazing of actor as if you water water yourself down to be him, well, people are just going to say, well, you know, you're kind of like a D or C grade Leonardo. Hmm. Not really unique, not really memorable, you know, but Leonardo's film, and they start talking about Leonardo, it's like, well, why why are you going down that path? Oh, he reminded me of a young... And you might, you know, draw... And it's not to say don't draw influence. And it, it begs a, you know, a further discussion around what is the line of, of modelling and not diluting yourself to someone else. You know, obviously, we, we admire people, and that's great. But I think admiration, 
you know, shouldn't, shouldn't then turn into, I'm going to try and be this person, if that makes sense. And obviously we draw things. That's why I think it's, it's very important and so important to model a bunch of people um, because there, there is a lot you can learn from the different people. But then really, that's where I think technically, you know, Leonardo might have some acting skills that you want to model technically from a technical level. But you know, if you start modeling other people as well, I would imagine that that's where the art is because you might say, I really like the way he does this technically, be able to present that technically. But then the art, I mean, that's the difference between being a master versus being an artist. The artist can then take all those technical tools that they're, they're masters of and then weave it in a way that no one else has. So I think it's hugely important to be technically uh, intuitive and technically, I suppose, uh, te- technically competent at all the skills that Leonardo or whoever it is you're modeling has. But the art is then putting it and filtering in with your eyes of the world and expressing that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, no, definitely. Um, Absolutely. So that's, that's, that, that's how I've done it in my industry. I mean, I have a lot of love and respect for Charles Poliquin, uh, a lot of love and respect for uh, Andre Benoit, Derek Woodski, um, you know, Frank Zane, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But ultimately, I don't want to be any of And I'm, I've done, and I suppose the unique thing from, for me from a training perspective is that, you know, I'm at a point where I've never, I, I, don't, I don't ascribe myself to being a bodybuilder or a power lifter or a weightlifter, but I certainly want to be proficient. I am proficient in all those modalities. And then as a trainer, I look at those model, modalities, and that's where the art, my, my training is an art form. I've got it down to an art form, but that's where the art form comes from because I've mastered technically all of those skills at a very high level. So then when I'm training a client, I can be uh, have artistry and then place those skills in front of me. So the client says, wow, that was a really great workout. Or, you know, they got results when they didn't expect to get results so fast. And they, you know, all those little tweaks and, and changes that you're able to create. So, yeah, that's, that's how I've applied it. So admire people. You're going you're gonna to probably model them to a degree, whether you admit it to yourself or not subconsciously. You're going to model them. You're going to probably model their language patterns and their behaviors. But then you need to you know, stop and reflect and say, okay, right, um, let's, Let's not become them. Let's let's use this to improve ourselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. That that definitely some very good points made for sure. Um, and 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 speaking of how you're, you're saying being your own self, and you talk about having to have that thick skin when people start to like speak towards what you're doing or what you're aiming at. Um, how hard is it? Like because I have this downfall of myself where um, I have confidence in what I'm doing when I, I've, I've put a lot of work into my study and I've, and I've studied with a lot of great drama practitioners um, that have got a lot of great credentials. Um, and I know they know what they're talking about and I know every time I walk away from the class, I know I've learned a lot and it's pointed me more into the right direction. But there's always um, those individuals that, you know, I try to come up to you and try to like say no that that's not right that's that's not the correct way to do it and, and how you're doing it is wrong and they try to be um, very negative towards your your outlook and and they doubt what you're doing they try to get under your skin or whatnot um, and I really struggle to push all that aside and and they seem to I, I believe I'm a mentally strong person but uh, it, it still gets under my skin a lot. Um, what, what advice could you give to me to help me block all that out and go, no, what what I know is correct. I'm learning it from great people. I can't let everyone continuously get into my head because otherwise I'm always going to doubt myself and I'm going to feel like I'm never going to really get there. Um, Fantastic question. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so... I'm just going to pre-frame with a whole bunch of ideas to begin with. And the first idea that I'm going to begin to pre-frame with is that we have altruistic and narcissistic parts of our persona. We have certain and, and uncertain parts of our persona. And I suppose it's a little bit of, well, understanding that you have both. Uh, you have the narcissist and you have the altruist. 
So in saying that, they did a study in Hollywood and they some psychological study. Don't ask me to quote it, but I heard about it. And um, what they found, found basically is that most, if not all, Hollywood actors have a tilted narcissistic personality. And it's not to say all Hollywood actors are narcissists inherently, but they certainly have narcissistic tendencies. And the reason why I think the, the researchers came to that conclusion was simply because of the fact to make it to Hollywood, you need to be inherently narcissistic. So what is meant by that? That if you go for an audition and the people at the audition, the directors say, you know, Richard, you're a piece of shit. You shouldn't be acting. Fuck off. Right? And, and they just say it like that. It's like, whoa, they just crushed my dreams. No, no, no to the inherently narcissistic person, oh, my God, are you serious? You just kicked out the next Hollywood A-lister. I can't believe you are such an idiot. You're not even a director. Who the hell are you? Okay, I'm just going to go to the next audition because you're a moron. I suppose the point that I'm getting at is that you need to be a little bit narcissistic to survive the onslaught of naysayers in this world, and especially in Australia, because, and this is the thing, people confuse confidence or they confuse, uh, yeah, confidence with narcissism, but inherently it's a very, whether you label narcissism or whether you label a confidence, you need to have that to a degree because the reality is you are going to cop a lot of rejection from whether it be people or actors or directors or, or, you know, people who you're applying for or friends and family thinking that you're crazy. So there needs to be a, a thick skin. Absolutely, there needs to be a thick skin. And, you know, if you speak to, you hear some of the stories, like I know Sylvester Stallone has a cracker story around how he got into acting. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I would encourage you all to Google Sylvester Stallone's uh, story around how many times he failed before he, he got into Rocky. But there's just that underlying belief that, yes, I can do this. And when when someone gets kicked out from, you know, when you get kicked out from that audition or you don't get the role, you know, it's not, oh, I didn't get the role. It's, this person's an idiot. They, they didn't hire me. I've got so many gifts to share with them. You know, it, it's kind of that attitude to, to keep going forward. So I suppose that's one way you can look at it, and is that belief. The other part that I want to say in that is, is as you grow as a figure, as you grow as a leader, whether it be in business, celebrity, whatever it may be, and you start and begin to have social influence, you're only going to rise to the level of support and challenge that you can handle. So what that, mean, what that basically means is that if you can only handle your mum challenging you, then you're not going to go very far, right? If, if you go home and say, mum, I want to be an actor, and then your mum turns around and says, no, that's a bad idea, and then you go, well, I think it's a bad idea too, and you can't stand up to your mum, well, guess what? You're not going to go very far. You're not going to go very far in life because... Your mum's probably, you know, for most people, the kindest, most loving person they've ever met. And, you know, if, if they can't handle that from, from someone who loves them, then how are they going to go about when they get, you know, to say a, a Donald Trump level? And I'm not, you know, agreeing or disagreeing with anything that Donald said, but as a leader, he is remarkable for the fact that there are people who want him dead, but he just keeps focused on the mission. Same as, you know, Barack Obama. Same as, you know, all, all great leaders in history, whether it even be, you know, ones that we label as awesome, even Martin Luther King, um, people wanted these people assassinated and they just stayed stead and fast to their mission. So, you know, they, they were undeterred. And I think, you know, when you do look at political leaders, there's a lot to be said about the character of a political leader because, I mean, it, it's pretty fierce. It's pretty vicious. I, I know I wouldn't like to be in that position of, waking up every morning and knowing that there's groups of people who ultimately hate me, um, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a very interesting proposition, you know. You need to have that unbelievably thick skin. And that's the thing, in, in Hollywood, I mean, how many Hollywood actors get spoken about badly? You know, they do a great performance. Oh, Leonardo, he's gay, isn't he? Oh, Tom Cruise, he's gay, isn't he? No one, no, are they gay? Who cares? Who cares? Does it affect... Does it affect um, their performance? Absolutely not. So let's get the fact, you know, let's, let's stop caring about their sexual orientation, number one, because it really doesn't matter. And um, number two, I mean, these guys and girls in Hollywood are getting all kinds of abuse from people, you know, every single day. So even, even when you make it, Richard, even when you make it and you make it beyond a shadow of a doubt, you are going to get hate. 
you are going to get people who challenge you. Look at Justin Bieber. Wow. That kid is amazing. That kid is unbelievable. What, what he's done as a, you know, 13 year old pop star into, you know, the superstar that he is today. And, you know, there's no doubt about it. The kid has talent. But I mean, if you type in Justin Bieber in Google, I think it's, you know, you type in Justin Bieber is. And there's a whole bunch of, you know, really negative connotations associated with his name. You know, Justin Bieber is gay. Justin Bieber is this. Justin, not that being gay is negative, but that people, Justin Bieber is a girl. Justin Bieber is weak. Like, it's like, what did the guy do to anyone? You know, all, all he did was have a great voice, be a good-looking kid, and get famous. So what, what is the big deal? Why do people hate him? I don't understand. Why do people hate Justin Bieber? Um, he's a pop star. But people absolutely hate the guy. I mean, I saw one meme with him, and it compared what uh, what's her name, Dana Lynn Bailey, who's a you know figure pro model, and put a um, put a meme, put a thing, picture of him flexing his muscles, put a picture of her flexing her muscles, and said, "Ah, oh, you know, you can't even build muscle." It's like, you know, it's, just, it's like, hang on, Dana Lynn Bailey's a, a world champion figure competitor. Justin Bieber's a pop star. I mean, give give the kid a break. But this is my point, is that if, if, we, if we get caught up in the fact that, you know, we're not just going to like this person because we're not supposed to like this person because the media, and we look at why people are saying these things about it, there's really no substance to it. There's really no substance to it at all. And we need to know that we have faith in our ability and belief in our ability. And if you call that narcissistic, well, then call it narcissistic. I call it belief. I call it confidence. Um, I know for me in business, there's been many challenges. There's been many naysayers. There's been many people who bag what I do and, and take digs at me and shots and all that kind of stuff. You know what? Let them. Let them. Build your castle on a solid foundation because when you do, there's nothing that they can do because you know, every day of the week, every day of the week, Justin Bieber can get up on stage and rock the concert like no other. You know, every day of the week, I can train someone like no other. I can get on a podcast, give you the results, give you the breakthroughs that you need like no other. And I think it's true the same for you, Richard. You want to develop a belief in yourself when, you know, you audition and you go for those classes. You go, you know what, I can do this like no other. And if you get, you know, naysays and kickback, I think, I think a mistake is to shut it out and block it off because sometimes the naysay is actually what is needed for the next level of growth. So embracing that, uh, I suppose embracing that is huge in the sense of that um, if you do have naysayers, then when you can embrace the criticism of what they're saying, that can often help you get better. I remember I had a guy on YouTube watch one of my clips and he made fun of the way I dressed. And you know what? The guy had a point. I should have dressed more professionally. I should have dressed uh, you know, in a suit. I should have made more effort. But that was at the time, I took it as a dig. At the time, I was like, you know, who the hell is this guy to have a dig at me? You know, you've never done anything well. And he's just getting on to troll. But at the same time, his trolling was actually a really good point. And it, it actually made me, you know, reflect after some time and go, hmm, there's, some, there's something there. You know, I can learn something from that. So that's why, like, I, I would never encourage someone to completely shut out the naysayers. Because I think in a, in a lot of the, the, the criticism, if you can look at it objectively, there's actually some good advice there, you know, uh, if, it, if it's grounded in substance. That's, that's the key thing. Is it grounded in substance or is it grounded in, you know, Justin Bieber's gay? Why? Because he's a good-looking young guy? Like, and who cares even if he is? Like, how is that even an argument? Um, <laughs> so he, he likes other guys. Who cares? It's the 21st century. Homosexuality is not a big deal, people. Let's all just move forward. So um, that's, that answer will give you some kind of food for thought. That's fucking amazing. To put it plain and simple, that's like... That is like you're coming from different angles, which I've, I've never heard before, and it's just... Yeah, that's really, really made me look at things in a completely different perspective. Like, normally when I pop that question or, like try to look that stuff up on the net and sort of have like the same sort of question over and over but some of the ways you've went about it it's just yeah that's fucking um that's really made me look at things completely differently eh for the absolute better um 
So I can definitely take a lot of positivity out of that and definitely grow from that in in many ways, not just as an actor, but my personal life as well, for sure. Like, that was, that was spot, like, that's, yeah, exactly what I needed to hear, I guess. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Glad I could be a service. But just, just, I suppose, just before we move on to the next one, I, I just really want you to get that, Richard, when you make it, you know, you're going to have the same challenge. You're going to have the same love. It's just going to be at high levels. That's, yeah, that's all. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have challenge and support at high levels because now you've built the character to build that bench press. It's like training, you know. When you're doing a bench press, it should never really be easy. Um, you don't want to use as much load that it's going to crush you, but you, you want to you want to get tight under it and, and, you know, always, once you can bench press 100, you're going to go for 102 or 105, and that's going to become the next, you know, level of what you can achieve. And I, I think that's the same thing in terms of handling criticism. Yeah, no, I, that that... That definitely makes sense. Like, it's really resonating with me a lot. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, saying that, have, have you always had belief in yourself throughout your whole life? Or was it something that you've had to work on? <sighs> have I always had belief in myself? I mean, I, part of me like, yeah, absolutely. Of course I have. No, I don't, I don't think I was that guy who had this rock-solid belief in himself necessarily. I think it's more of a thing of like, I'm just going to do this. And if it all goes to shit, the only person I can blame is me. So I'm just going to give it a red hot crack. And I suppose what a lot of people don't know about me is how many failed businesses I've had before I, I smacked it out of the park with Enterprise. So, you know, and then I smacked it out again of the park with Wolfpack. But before that, I had Transcend Training. I had Maximus Mark. I had... Um, the Alpha Body, I had The Truth About Supplements, I had EUA to Abs, I had Transcend Training. Um, there were a lot of attempts, and I was another business I was going to do called Happy, Healthy, and Hot. Um, there were a lot of ideas, and I think it's through the ideas that you come to a point of going, well, this is actually gold, this is really good, this is what I want to do. And I suppose for me, I'm constantly creating, and that's where I really, really love doing, and, and really, you know, that's where I get a lot of enjoyment from. So, no, I don't think it's this absolute belief of that. And I don't, I don't necessarily think, like, the way I think about things, it's not necessarily, you know, I'm absolutely going to do this. I kind of like to think about objectively, and I think about things in steps. So I suppose if, if, to relate it back to you, if I was an actor, you know, if I was going to say I, I want to be in Hollywood, I wouldn't necessarily focus on being in Hollywood. I would go, well, what are the steps involved in me getting to Hollywood? Okay, well, I probably need to move to L.A., I'm guessing, um, I probably need to become a good actor. So I start studying and become the best actor that I can be. I start auditioning. Maybe I build up my resume here in Australia before I move to LA. So I think of the path that is going to give me the highest probability of achieving that whilst still being open for it to be flexible because the goal may change. The goalpost may move. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, whether it was competing, for me, I didn't, when I competed, I didn't have this absolute belief that I was going to get up on stage and, and win. I, I, I thought of it more from a process-based level of, of, okay, what are the steps for me to get up on stage? What do I need in order to do that? And there was a lot of doubt all the way through, but I, I knew that if I just followed the process and didn't get in my head about things, I would meet to eventual success. Same thing with business, and that's how I think about it with business, right? Um, I've had a lot of failures, but... If I just stick to the process, I can get where I'm going. And, you know, with the Alpha Body, Truth About Supplements, e to Webs, all these websites aren't online anymore. And I, you can look at that and go, wow, wasn't that a waste of time, Mark? You just invested all this money and time into something that didn't work. No, not at all. Not at all. It was some of the best hours I've ever spent investing in me because what it did was it taught me not to how to run a business. It taught me all of the skills that I need now to run an enterprise and then to leverage and be where I want to be in life. So if I didn't have those failures, I would have never in my wildest dreams been able to do what I've done with enterprise, if that makes sense. That's fucking so inspiring. I, I had, I've, I've watched a lot of your things. I don't know, like if you heard, I've watched a lot of your videos um, on Facebook and YouTube. It's sort of like, they're just these six-minute videos or whatever that I've just binge-watched in the longer ones. I've just sat down with my roommates and we've watched it. 
Uh, I had no idea about that. I had no idea that you had a lot of failures before. Like, I, I obviously couldn't see any of that on the internet, um, but to hear you constantly overcome them hurdles, um, that's very, very inspiring, to say the least. Um, yeah. Um, just Well, th- thank you. Yeah, right, just, just, just to put some context on that as well, people watch me on camera now, and they're like, you're really good on camera. Just FYI, folks, I had, at one point, I had 300 videos on YouTube. Just to give you some idea, there was 300 videos on YouTube, all of which I have deleted. I had a, a YouTube account. I, I deleted over 300, probably closer to 400 videos. If you look back in the old days of, like, Maximus Mark, Alpha Body, I did over 300 videos, and I have now deleted all of them because they went up to the standard of, of Mark 2018. And... People go again, well, isn't that a waste of time? Why did you do that for? Well, it was practice to get good in front of a camera. Wow. Okay, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I, I had no idea because that's definitely something that um, every time I've shown someone something that you've said in one of your videos, they're like, oh, Mark's very captivating and very easy to listen to in his... Um, yeah, but just to hear you... Literally, I've done it over 10,000 times, right? And that's what people don't see. They see the end product. And it's the same thing whether you get any goal. If you want to be masterful at something, you're going to have those those hours of failure and, you know, just adamant failure. I mean, what was it, Michael Jordan? Cut from the basketball team. I mean, imagine that, cutting the greatest basketballer of all time from the college basketball team. But, you know, that was probably his lowest moment in life. I don't know. I can't comment, but... Let's imagine it was his most lowest moment in life. But from that, wow, why yeah. is this phoenix from the ashes that becomes the centerpiece of Nike? And um, wow, what, 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 a, what a man, Michael Jordan. And yeah. one, one thing, just, just one thing I do before we move on to the next question is, I'm not sure if you've seen, uh, what's it called, that Disney movie, Inside Out. Inside Out, that children's Disney movie. So everyone listening on the, on, on, the, on the line, my homework for you this evening or today is to go out, get that movie, Inside Out. It's a Disney movie. It's, it's brilliant. And without giving anything away, there's this whole thing around joy and sadness. And joy and sadness, you know, the way they visually represent, represent this idea is it's a ball. But joy and sadness ultimately live in the same ball. So through the, the, the most joyous moments, the most joyous moments came out of the saddest moments. And it was those sad moments, moments that gave joy, that gave rise to joy. And I think of success and failure as the same thing. It's the same ball. It's, it's exactly the same. And you cannot have one without the other. And you have to embrace both. Okay, well, yeah, no, that's... A very good way of looking at things. Like this is just <laughs> very mind blowing shit that I'm listening to. To be honest, like I, I, I'm a sucker. I always get up in the morning and I always just try to listen to like different people speak on YouTube, like yourself. I've listened to a lot of like sportsmen. I've listened to a lot of politicians and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, no, the stuff that you're saying right now is just yeah, it's really, really, really sitting in with me very well. Um, so my next question is, so obviously with your business booming and you have such a great reputation within the industry, do you sometimes become complacent or content with where you're at or do you always feel like you have more to achieve? I think the answer to that is the minute I get content with where I'm at, life comes in and equalizes me, if that makes sense. So... You know, I, I think that content uh, feeling, I, I think, you know, if you're there, yep, look, I've made it, what will happen is, is you'll attract challenges. And those challenges are there to break you from the fantasy because there's always another level. There's always more to grow. And, again, it's that same thing of success and failure. You know, when, when I, and I certainly have made the mistake in the past of being like, yep, everything is set, everything is great. You know, I can just cruise on like this. I don't have to change anything under man. And as soon as I get that under man, I get humbling circumstances to make me realize, you know what? You've got a lot to work on. You know, you could do this with your business. You could do this with your business. You could do this with your business. So there are opportunities. So, yeah, I, I've been – I'm human like everyone else. I've been naive enough to think that and have that, that period. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm very 
happy with, with where we're at. But I, I think also, you know, there is a desire for more. There is a desire for better. There is a desire. I want to take enterprise to the next level. And, you know, if we do a, a call, you know, a, a year ago, I would have said the same thing. If we do a call a year um, forward in time, uh, in 2019, I'll, I'll say the same thing. I want to take it to the next level. And I suppose there always is that next level and there always is that growth of just getting better at what you do. And, I mean, again, if you love what you do, then you, you are naturally going to want to do that and get better. And I just think, you know, support and challenge. Look at both. Don't be overwhelmed by either, but use the wisdom of both to guide you on your mission in life. And I think that's going to be the best teacher. Okay. Yeah, no, that's – so just always look to just keep on stepping it up. And as long as you're enjoying it, it will just sort of come naturally. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, supposed to relate it back to your question, have I ever felt, like, content? The answer is yes, but it doesn't last for very long. And I, I, I think probably a lot of – I don't know if you can relate, but, you know, you get to a level and it's like, well, okay, this is what's next. And it's like getting in a relationship, for example. You know, you, you get in a relationship and the relationship beginning is, oh, my God, this is amazing and I've never met anyone like you. And then you flash forward maybe that last three months and then at the fourth month, you're like, uh, you're, you know, now I'm over the, the physical attraction. You're really not that interesting. Or, you know what, this, this really annoys me about you. We are actually not compatible. But, you know, I actually want kids. Oh, you don't want kids? Okay, I don't think this is going to work. Oh, I want to get married. You don't want to get married? Wow, okay. Like, there are things that come up and they're challenges to take. And all of a sudden, that person is maybe no longer you know, amazing because the infatuation with them has been broken by all the other things that you didn't accept because you were blindsided by the attraction of that person initially. So that's what I mean. When you, when you look at a goal or you look at a place in life, it's easy to get content, but you're not going to stay there. Life is not static. And as humans, we, we kind of, you know, the greatest lie, I think, in some ways that we tell ourselves is that this is going to be the way it is forever, but nothing really is going to last forever. It, it's going to be evolving. And I don't mean that, you know, things aren't going to last necessarily forever, like someone like a Microsoft, for example, as a business. That's a business that's lasted quite a like Coca-Cola. I mean, but who knows if that's going to last forever? But, the, but my point is with even Coke, it, it transforms many times. It's not going to stay the same company. It's going to have to evolve. If you look at Amazon, Amazon is evolving. There, there are companies that are getting bought out. Kodak is a great example of this. Kodak was a, was a, you know, a blue chip company that lost a lot of market share, well, you know, ultimately went out of business because of the fact that they didn't adapt to the market. But, you know, prior to that, people wouldn't have said, all right, you know, we're going to start taking cameras, uh, you know, we're going to start taking photos on digital. We're going to keep it print. And they, they were blind to the market. So they, they didn't change with the market. I mean, they could have changed. But it, I suppose the one truth in all of this is that you were going to have to change and adapt and nothing is going to remain con- uh, constant. So. Yeah, no, that that's... That definitely that definitely makes sense because just speaking of it this morning, I um my goal uh, pretty much when it comes to like business is like I just want to get to like eight percent body fat. Like I've never ever got below ten percent, and and that's my goal. And obviously I come into the gym this morning and then I've done my my scans and all that, and I, I'm at finally for the first time in my whole life I've got to eight percent. And now congratulations, that, thank you. And now um I'm sort of like all right. Let's get to seven percent or whatever. And it's just like... there, there you go. It doesn't last very long. So to answer your question about it, am I ever content in my business? The answer is yes, and it doesn't last very long. And one other top thing on top of that is I train my mind as as much to not ever be content because I know when I search to be content, that's when I'm chasing a fantasy. So yeah, yeah I, I just look for better versions of. But also, also saying that, um, do you sometimes give yourself a bit of a pat on the back for getting to a certain stage where, like, you had a goal set and enjoying that you got to it, and then you sort of like, all right, now let's move on? Um, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not the best at that. I'm, I'm very much right. Right. This is what's going to happen. This is what needs to be achieved. Okay. For me, for me, I get a, uh, I suppose the the reward in achieving it. It's yeah. I got a pat on the back. Great stroke of the ego. Let's celebrate. But 
yeah, there's not. It's, it's for me. It's, it's the achievement of that. It's like yes, there's this is this is I can tick this off. This is a feather in the cap. This is another notch in the belt kind of thing. So it's not. Yeah, pat on the back is great. But again, I suppose the thing is, if you pat yourself on the back too much, then you're inflating your ego, which then is going to attract. You, you, well, it's not even going to attract. Blind, you know, uh, balancing circumstances. You're allowing yourself to build yourself up, and then when you build yourself up and you're not centered you're blindsiding yourself to the fact that there are other things that you're not paying attention to. So, for example, like, you know, if, you're, if you start believing your ego builds too big, for example, you don't see your backswing, that's when it can become a problem. Like, you, you want criticism, you want critics, so it keeps you balanced and centered and because there's power in that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't ever want to build myself up so much that I don't see my backswing, if that makes sense. Or don't take advice from people that I trust that, have my best interest and because you know my, my ego is too big if that makes sense yeah no, I, I actually i can't wait to show my 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 roommate and my very close friend exactly what you just said <laughs> because yeah I, it, yeah it's just spot on like he, he sometimes falls under that and we can't even like give him advice anymore about stuff that we know because i'm five years older than him and um He's just like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, whatever, whatever. But pretty much what you said, um, it's, it's very good to hear. It's very good to hear. Yeah, awesome. Um, all right. Um, my next one is obviously getting to where you got required a lot of hard work and, and a lot of sacrifice. Um, do you sometimes like just like to step away from it and like not even think about um, enterprise and, and Wolfpack or like just have like sort of like a mental break or is like your business always sort of like in the back of your mind? I'll put it to you like this. Eminem, the rapper, he, all he does is really think about rap as in he thinks about rhymes and it's not necessarily something that he, when he had, like he developed that, I think it's a skill that he developed, but had a natural inclination to go to. And I saw this interview with him, which I found fascinating. But he carries a notebook everywhere he goes to write down lyrics and words. Now, is he doing that because he wants to sell another million records? I don't think he is. I think he's doing it because he's a rapper. And that's what rappers do. You know, I think he's a lyrical genius. And that's that's the downside of being a lyrical genius is that you think about lyrics all day. So in, in relation to me, do I want to step away from doing what I'm doing? I suppose the superficial answer is no. Are there times where I want to take breaks? Yeah, I only want to take breaks from things that I don't enjoy. So I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy admin uh, and, and the red tape and the management of things. But in order to run a business, I've had to learn those things because I, I really wanted to share my message and I've had to learn sales and marketing and mindset and communication and all those things. And I've had to discipline myself in order to grow, to learn those things, even though they're not highest on my values, because that's what was necessary for me to go to the next step. So yeah, I want to take breaks from those things, but in terms of training, nutrition, supplementation, mindset, getting on the phone and talking to great people like yourself and sharing what I love, it's not really something I want to get away from. Actually, you put me on a holiday. I'm finding people in the gym like you who want to train and want to train hard. So, yeah, for me, do I want to take a step back? It's no, I, I, I want to take a step forward. And to take that step forward, it's just more a matter of sacrificing that time to systemize so that I can go forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just um, I've always I've always heard from when I'm in class. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Then you should step away, not think about it, um, and just have a break, and then and then sort of like mentally not think switch off. And well, some... I think that's very positive. I think stepping away once you learn something to you know review it and do all that kind of stuff. But I think if you can go away and kind of uh, integrate it with kind of white noise integrated as a part of your being. And I think when you integrate, you need that time away. So for me, I, I, love, I love PlayStation. I'm, I'm a gamer at heart. I always have been. 
So for me, that's that time where I'm integrating new learnings and thinking about things subconsciously whilst playing a, a completely immersive video game. Okay. So yeah, I think I think that's good. But I think if you if you have the feeling of you know, I should be working on my craft. Like now is not the time to celebrate. Now is not the time. I mean, you know, if you, if you've done a big day and you want to keep going, well, my approach to it is keep going. Um, but there is going to come a point where you're going to need to to inter- I think kind of to put an, another route on it, right? Reviewing technically often will make you technically brilliant. So you need to practice. However, I think for me, it's the time away that makes me the artist, that makes me it, it, it artistry, if that makes sense. It teaches me how to integrate what I've learned technically. I don't get those ideas of, of innovation, of individualism and of being unique by, you know, practicing the same thing over and over again. It's actually the opposite. You need to pull yourself out of that environment and look at how you can apply this in a completely different context. And the, the only way to do that is to take time away. That that, that makes a lot of sense because um, I, I do these, um, these when, during my study, we've got like an eight-week intensive um, block where we're every week where we're studying and rehearsing and then um, learning off the teacher and learning off students and discussing stuff and la-di-da and, like, you're so consumed by it, you're so focused on it for, for, for the eight weeks and then once you have, like, this small break and you sit back and you're sort of, like, away from it, all these, like, things start to come to you, like, oh, that's what that is and, oh, that's how I can use that. And you start to even understand it a bit better even if you're outside of class, then when you go into your next um, term block, your next eight-week block, you you feel like you've grown so much more even though you've had that break outside of the classroom sort of thing. Okay, that that, that definitely makes sense. It's like, to put it in, in context of your world, being a drama actor, and I don't know if that's an actual technical term, but being an, a, an actor who specialises in drama, and then what you do is you, you take a break and you go spend some time doing something that's totally unrelated to, to drama. You, you, you go to a restaurant, you go away, you're on a holiday, and then you see this couple and they're fighting, and for some reason you're drawn to it, and there's this drama. And you, you start looking at what they're doing, their body language, the way they're talking to each other, the way they walk off, and you're like, oh, my God, I just get it. I get the technique of what these people are doing and how to recreate it as an actor, if that makes sense. But you got it through taking time and space to actually look at the world through the new learnings. And I think that's when you reflect and get those learnings is when you're able to integrate those learnings and then see the world with those learnings and actually understand what technically is going on. I'd imagine that's how it is for an actor. If, uh, yeah, I've never been one, but I'd imagine that's how it is. No, that, that, that's spot on. It's, it's, I have this, these discussions with my, uh, my, my friends who are also actors, and it's sort of like I'll be on the tram or I'll be, I'll be at work and I'll just be... For some reason, I just get caught up at staring at just people and just studying them. And I'm just I'm like, why am I doing that? And it's, it's just like the whole thing of like studying acting is just understanding human behavior and all that stuff. And I guess it's sort of like, yeah, so it's, it's, it, a lot of people can look at it and be like, that's very weird, but it's, I don't, it's not in a creepy way. It's just sort of like, no, I get it. In a you different get it way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's something that I, um, I do a lot, actually, and it's not until someone pointed it out to me. It's like, what are you doing? And it's just like studying, I guess, without sort of being in a classroom. It's just in different sort of like format. And um, it's extremely beneficial for sure. Like, yeah, it's weird to explain, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. So basically, I mean, to be an actor, you need to recreate human emotion. What better way to learn human emotion than from seeing humans actually emote? So yeah. I'd, I'd imagine that, you know, you would go out and do a lot of people watching because that is what you're trying to recreate. And when you, you break it down of what this person is doing, what they're saying, how they're doing, and it's like, all right, yeah, that's what anger looks like. Yeah, that, that person's very angry. I can see that. And you can relate to it. And, and also, once you understand it, it's, I can recreate that. Yeah, I think I can do that. Yeah, no, that, that definitely 100% makes sense, 100%. Um yeah, well, that was pretty much pretty much all the questions that, like, I just really, really wanted to hear 
from your point of view and just see how you went about it. And um, I had a lot more questions, but like within those questions that I asked, answered answered the other ones. Um, but yeah, I, I thank you so much for for um, for let me be a part of this, Mark. I um, that whole thing with the negativity and the haters and the doubters. That specifically that question is like. You don't know how beneficial that is to me, and like I, I can't wait to start bringing that into my life personally and, and professionally and all that. And um, yeah, I, I just can't thank you enough for, for um, helping me out with with all my 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 um, questions that I wanted to ask. Well, my, my my pleasure, Richard. It's been an absolute pleasure. This is what I love doing. So I am glad we we have recorded the conversation and that people can download it. And if they enjoyed it, you know, uh, PM me on the Mark Atobri page. You can look it up, Mark Atobri. Not the personal page, but the main page, the fan page, or find us at Enterprise Fitness if you want to be part of this show. Love to chat to you. Do send us a message. You can also send it to info at enterprisefitness.com.au. Check us out online. It's melbournepersonaltrainers.com. Love to hear your thoughts. Share the show on Facebook. Get the good word out. And thank you again, Richard. I know a lot of people will benefit from this conversation, and I'm very grateful uh, to be able to share the knowledge with everyone. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank All you right so much. Well, have a good night. Yeah, see ya. There it is, folks. The episode, the episode one. My apologies about the audio quality. That is a work in progress as all of these things, but we want to get started. We want to start sharing the content we need a name. We need a direction for the show. We want you calling in. I want your questions. I want to consult with you. I want to know how I can be of value to you. So yeah, hit me up, info at enterprisefitness.com.au or just jump on my Facebook, Mark Atobri. Shoot us a private message on Facebook. Just make sure it's the public page and not my personal page on Facebook because they both have the same name. But yeah, love to hear from you. Hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know how it went. Love to get the comments in wherever you saw this. You know, shoot up the page. So let me know what you think. Anyway, uh, yeah, hit me up and I hope maybe you're the next person who jumps on the line with me and I help you with your goals. So yeah, see you on the next one and do check out my personal training studio, which is melbournepersonaltrainers.com or yeah, Enterprise Fitness. Easy enough to remember. Just Google that one. Anyway, train hard, supplement smart, and eat well. 